stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, well, let's talk about these JFK files. Uh, October 26th was the date people were counting down to. Uh, when these uh, files that have been been classified for some 50 years were to be declassified. Uh, There were questions as to whether the U.S. President Donald Trump would block the release of uh, these files. He had uh, tweeted last week that he would not. So by Friday, uh, over 2,800 records have been released. Uh, But because of requests from the CIA and the FBI, some of the more sensitive files were delayed. The FBI is now saying that uh, these files will be reviewed further over the next six months and will be published eventually, perhaps with some redactions. Uh, I think there was a lot of anticipation that maybe these files would reveal uh, things that we didn't know about the assassination. And obviously, with continued speculation uh, regarding all kinds of conspiracy theories, whether it would address any of that. Well, joining us for some thoughts uh, on all this, someone who's written extensively about the assassination, uh, Philip Shinnan is a, a former Washington and foreign correspondent for the New York Times. He is author of the book, A Cruel and Shocking Act, The Secret History of the Kennedy Assassination, and uh, co-wrote a piece last week for Politico, a warning about this uh, document dump turning into a fiasco. Phil, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Your thoughts, first of all, on the fact that these documents were released, not all of them were released. I know there was some concern about uh, what kind of an impact this would have. Your, your thoughts on, on how that went last week? Well, it was a big disappointment and quite a mess. You know, we only got a very small percentage of all the documents that were promised. And the ones we were given were documents that we, in many ways, had seen before. They were just full text of documents we'd seen in the in the past in part. And the most important documents, the ones that have been sort of super secret all these years, about 3,100 documents we've never seen a word of before, uh, they were almost entirely held back. And we don't really have a promise as to when uh, they'll be released and if they'll be released in full. You think they should be, though? Absolutely. No, I, yeah. I can't imagine why, you know, 54 years after the assassination, uh, the American public isn't entitled to every bit of evidence about how their president was killed. Yeah, I, I think that certainly makes sense. Uh, so what, what, what's your sense, then, of why they haven't been released? Well, apparently some of the agencies, the CIA in particular, are concerned that if they release these documents, that uh, people who were alive in the 1960s and who are still alive today, but quite elderly, that some of them could be in danger if their names are exposed. Um, I suspect it also has something to do with the continuing embarrassment of both the CIA and the FBI uh, over the the bungling of intelligence before the assassination. It it certainly appears that the CIA and the FBI uh, knew a lot about Lee Harvey Oswald and the threat he might pose before the assassination. So from the documents we did see last week, did they tell us anything new? Well, they they certainly bolster the idea that we've had for some time now that there really was a a rush to judgment by federal agencies, the FBI in particular, into identifying Oswald as the lone assassin, you know, that there was no conspiracy, foreign or domestic. There's just no way the uh, FBI or the CIA could have prevented the, the assassination plot of this, you know, troubled misfit, this loner. Well, it doesn't appear he was quite the loner that the CIA and the FBI wanted to portray him as, that he may have actually told people he was going to kill Kennedy, and that he may have sought help from people if he was ever able to kill Kennedy. And I think that the bungling 
uh, that the CIA and the FBI experienced before the assassination. I think that we're we're still seeing uh, the effort by those agencies to protect that information. Right. Well, you know, where where we see incompetence, I think others, of course, see something more sinister, and so this all plays into the conspiracy theory narrative and the fact that they want to hold back some of these documents. Does that just add additional fuel to that? Absolutely. You know, the thing about the conspiracy theories is that a lot of them make sense logically. You know, the, 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 the leaders of organized crime did have a reason to want to see Kennedy dead. Uh, you know, Castro may have wanted to see Kennedy dead because we now know that Kennedy was trying to assassinate Castro. Uh, you know, the, their, their logical conspiracy theories um, that may not ultimately be supported by the evidence. But one thing we've learned over the years, uh, the 54 years, is that actually a lot of important intelligence, a lot of important evidence about Oswald, about the assassination itself, was hidden from the American public for all these years. You know, the people are right to be very skeptical that the government has ever told them the full truth about the assassination. Uh, because the truth is embarrassing. The truth is embarrassing, right? It's, it, this is a situation I compare very much to 9-11, which is the truth seems to be that actually the government knew a lot about the threat that was coming and failed to act on that threat. And the embarrassment over that fact, uh, of, of the fact of in, incompetence, is something these agencies are desperate to hide afterwards. Right. And I mean, it gets back to that theory that people find it hard to believe that this, you know, all powerful uh, U.S. government, these these all powerful intelligence agencies uh, would be capable uh, of such incompetence. But but I mean, these these are bureaucracies as well. So how do we explain the inaction? Well, you know, I, I will tell you that if, you know, if the CIA and the FBI had come forward immediately after the assassination and said, listen, we messed up. We have this information about this, you know, 24-year-old former Marine with rifle training who was a self-declared Marxist who tried to defect to the Soviet Union. We knew he'd been uh, talking to people about killing Kennedy. We had all this information. We failed to act on it. We're terribly sorry. I think the American people would have accepted that and moved on. But that's not what happened. We got this sort of cover story of Oswald as this pure lone wolf who never could have been stopped. And that that duplicity right at the beginning from the agencies of government just created the conspiracy theories that we're still living with. And really, in many ways, created the era, the larger era of conspiracy theories we live with in daily life now. Yeah. Well, Oswald is is a curious individual for many reasons, and, and maybe we'll never fully understand what, what was going through his mind. But what more do we know now about what was motivating him, why he did what he did? Well, there's some really interesting uh, CIA documents released last summer, a much smaller group of these uh, from the same library. And they offered, uh, they showed that at the CIA in the years after the assassination, that there was a theory developed in the agency that really makes a lot of sense as, as to what motivated Oswald. The, the Warren Commission, which investigated the assassination in 1964, really ducked pretty much entirely the question of Oswald's motives. They said, you know, he's a Marxist, he hated America, and that's the explanation for what happened. But these documents from the CIA showed that within the agency, they developed a theory that Oswald had read a particular newspaper article in his hometown newspaper. This is in New Orleans in September 1963, uh, two months before the assassination. It was an interview with Fidel Castro by the Associated Press in which Castro said that he was aware that the Kennedy administration was trying to kill him, that there were assassination plots by the Kennedy uh, administration aimed at Cuban leaders, and um, that Castro sort of threatened to retaliate in the interview. And the idea is that Oswald read that 
article, and he was a big newspaper reader. We know that. He read that article, became enraged on Castro's behalf, and then set out to kill Kennedy, to kill Kennedy before Kennedy could kill Castro. And then we have him going to Mexico City later that month, where apparently he's talking openly about killing Kennedy. And that may be the that may be an explanation for the motive that, that Oswald thought he was protecting Castro somehow. Right. And the Mexico City visit is 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 still kind of a mystery, I, I think. And and maybe there was some hope that these documents would shed some more light on that. Do we know anything more about this Mexico City visit? Well, I've always considered it the, the biggest uh, sort of the, the hidden chapter of the Kennedy assassination drama. I think it's very important, and very few people in the United States really know about it, which is that, you know, two months before the assassination, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald is in Mexico City talking, we know from previously declassified documents, talking with Cuban spies and Russian spies, in, including, incredibly enough, a KGB assassinations uh, expert. And the CIA has him under observation this whole time while he's in Mexico City. And the question for me has always been, didn't the CIA, during its surveillance of Oswald, have any sense that this man might be a danger? You know, former Marine with rifle training who's in Mexico City talking to Russian spies and Cuban spies um, and maybe even openly talking about killing Kennedy. Isn't it possible the CIA knew all that and failed to report it back to Washington? So could we say then that even if... It's a stretch to suggest that the Soviets or the Cubans were encouraging or ordering him to carry this out, that they may have known that he was going to? Absolutely. No, I think that's very clear from the record, that the, the Cubans in particular knew uh, that he was talking about killing Kennedy. Um, and we know that these files, the still secret files, the files that Trump did not release last week, they include the personnel, they include the, the files from the Mexico City station, from the officers, CIA officers in Mexico City who were involved in the surveillance of Oswald at the time. Uh, and something else you wrote about, and this is another interesting chapter in all of this, is uh, a note that Oswald wrote uh, that was, what, ripped into pieces and, and flushed down the toilet? Well, much as the CIA, I think, tried to cover up what it knew about Oswald, the FBI did in an even more brazen fashion, which is we now know, uh, we've known for a couple of decades now, that um, in uh, several weeks before the assassination, Oswald actually appears in the Dallas field office of the FBI, and he delivers this handwritten note, and apparently maybe a threatening note, uh, involving his anger over this aggressive surveillance of him in Dallas by the FBI. And after the assassination and after Oswald is himself killed by Jack Ruby, uh, the decision is made by FBI agents in, in Dallas that that note has to be destroyed because it's proof of just how much they had known about Oswald, that they'd actually been face-to-face -face with Oswald just a few weeks before. So on Sunday, November 24th, two days after the assassination, uh, an FBI agent takes that note into a men's room, uh, tears it up, and flushes it down a toilet. So we'll never know what it said. Exactly. We'll never know what it said. Uh, what do you make of Jack Ruby, by the way? Because I think a lot of people just can't get past the fact that why, why would why would he do what he did? Uh, you know, the sense that he had to avenge the president just just seems really odd. But do you, do you find Jack Ruby to be um, a significant figure in any sense? Well, he's a significant figure well, in historically, history, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, absolutely. He he is, um, you know, he was a troubled misfit in many ways like Oswald at the time. Uh, you know, he was the strip club operator in Dallas, you know, known around town as a, a loser. 
Um, he did have connections, though, low-level connections, but he did have connections to organized crime. So certainly one theory offered after the assassination was that that uh, Ruby had been dispatched to kill Oswald, to silence Oswald before some larger conspiracy could be exposed, you know, a mob ex- uh, conspiracy to kill Kennedy. Um, and, I, you know, at some level that makes sense, except that Jack Ruby really was a delusional blabbermouth. Of all the people in this world, you would think a logic if, if, if the leaders of organized crime are the least bit sane, they would never pick that guy to carry out what would have been, you know, the second crime of the century. Right. Uh, now, going forward, I mean, we, we've got a bit of a wild card in the current president because he seems inclined to to want to shake things up. And uh, he certainly made it clear that he intends to uh, release all of these documents, even if there's some reluctance uh, from these various agencies to release them. So w- what do you think is going to happen now going forward on this? Well, you know, as you know well, as we all know well, it's impossible to predict what Donald Trump is going to do. Indeed. And I had thought there was a good chance. I, I thought there would be a good chance last week that he would release at least the bulk of these materials. He now says, I mean, the latest version of events from the White House is that he intends to release all these documents, but he's going to remove the names of all people who are still living, who are identified in these documents. And I'll tell you, if he does that, if that is a blanket order, that just will whip up a new level of conspiracy theories. Because, you know, among other people, you know, Donald Trump is a conspiracy theorist. He has been his whole life. Uh, you know, he promoted this conspiracy theory on the campaign trail last year that that Oswald was somehow working with Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz's father, right. that Ted Cruz's father was somehow involved in the assassination. Well, if Donald Trump keeps if he holds to this blank order to remove the names of all living people from all these files, I guess Senator Ted Cruz's father is in the clear because his father is still alive. And under this rule, the name of Ted Cruz's father would have to be removed if it appeared in any of these documents. So if we do at some point see all of these documents, uh, is, is there an additional story to tell? Do you think uh, maybe it's time to, to update uh, your book? Is there more to write about here? Oh, I think absolutely. And I think there will be a lot of interesting, important information in these documents, especially about how much more uh, the CIA and the FBI knew about Oswald before the assassination, because it sure looks like if the CIA and FBI had just acted on the information in their own files in November 1963, uh, Kennedy would have survived his trip to Dallas, and the world would be a very different place today. And I think there's going to be more information about that in these files. Uh, but I think people, everybody should be cautioned. A lot of these documents are going to be very complicated to understand. They'll be written in, you know, CIA code names. They'll use code names and pseudonyms, and some will be in foreign languages. It really may take months or even years to really sort out exactly what's in there. Well, that book is called A Cruel and Shocking Act, The Secret History of the Kennedy Assassination. Much more at philipsheenan.com. That's Philip with uh, one L and Sheenan, S-H-E-N-O-N. Phil, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate the insight. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's uh, Phil Sheenan, JFK assassination expert, former Washington and foreign correspondent for The New York Times. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.